Okay, today we talk about God, the gas pump, and our government as part of theology, anyone. So as we continue our discussion today of what God is like, we again try to bring it to bear upon daily life. And so today we do so with God, the gas pump, and our government, and governments in general. So far we've discussed the holiness of God, who says, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. God is unlike us. He is different. And his differentness is embodied in the concept of holiness. And so we've discussed that all of his uh, attributes are contained in this bucket. Part of that bucket is his knowability. He's made himself known to us through general and special revelation. Uh, We see his invisible attributes made visible to us through all that has been made. And we see also in his special revelation that we can know him very specifically through what is revealed in the scriptures. We've also discussed his sovereignty and providence, that God makes all things happen according to his will, according for good for those he loves and those who love him. What we want you to do right now is stay tuned as we bring it all home to bear on the Ukraine, on this war, and on our own situation here in this country. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keep Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 80, Podcast 080, where we have a biblical conversation with you about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so for a bird's-eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's Word to make sense of it all. Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. To start us off, let room, let re, okay. To start us off, let me remind you, first of all, that God is perfect in all that he does. And he works through various trials and hardships and situations and circumstances in our lives to accomplish his will and reveal the thoughts and intentions of our heart. We see this in the Bible in Genesis 50:20 with Joseph's brothers and the way they mistreated him and the terrible things they did to him. And at the end of that situation, he says this. As for you, you meant evil against me. There's the heart. But God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. What's going on here? Joseph's brothers did unspeakable evils against him in jealousy. He re- they reveal what kind of people they were. God used their evil intentions to bring about good to move Joseph from Palestine into Egypt, which would uh, prevent his family from dying. So through the folly of his family, Uh, Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt because of God's sovereign plan. Joseph's brothers, through their actions and thought processes, revealed who they were, which brings us, of course, to the gas pump. I know what you're thinking, the gas pump. What has this got to do with Joseph and his brothers? Nothing and everything. Our country has the largest oil and natural gas deposits in the world. We used to export oil and gas. We should be energy independent. And yet until recently, we were exporting up to 7% of our oil and natural gas from Russia. Finally, we stopped importing from Russia because of Russia's genocidal Ukraine invasion. And we've been forced to import oil because of our desire to pursue green energy initiatives and get off of fossil fuel. So our presidential administration, through executive order, stopped drilling, stopped uh, building infrastructure to increase uh, gasoline production and oil refining. And we find ourselves today dependent and depending on foreign oil sources. Now, understanding that this decision has driven up gasoline costs, which had already doubled prior to this Ukraine war. And we did this pretending like there would be some virtue, because what we did is continue to consume the same amount of fossil fuel. We just bought it from somebody else's neighborhood. 
And that type of thinking and that kind of decision-making reveals the hearts. And what we begin to see is our virtue or pretended virtue in this area exposes the vanity and hypocrisy of our government and its corruption. Because these decisions reveal not a will to be off of fossil fuels, but just to buy them somewhere else so that we can pretend like we are less energy dependent on fossil fuels and leaning more towards becoming green. And through this type of weird and incompetent thinking, God reveals the corruption of our government. Yeah, I, I think that this, it really is, to me, it just seems like another form of virtue signaling. We want to look like we're doing something good when really we're just getting the dirty oil from somebody else. So they're doing the bad thing and we look like we're doing the good thing. Well, that's right, Mark. I mean, think about it. Our oil exploration techniques, our extraction and refinery techniques are the most environmentally friendly and the safest in the world. Safest for the workers, safest for the environments. But all we've done is transfer this production offshore to other governments. We, we closed one pipeline that was bringing 500,000 barrels of oil a day through Canada. That's not the XL pipeline. With the stroke of one pen and executive order, we shut down the building of this uh, XL pipeline, which would increase our ability to refine oil and make gasoline. And we've done it all in the name of what one pundit called NIMBY, or NIMBYism. What do you mean by NIMBYism? Is that the just not-in-my-backyard kind of thought process? That's exactly right. NIMBY is not in my backyard. It's, it's a form of virtue signaling where we basically say this— We'll pretend to be energy clean, and we'll pretend to have green energy, and we will go and extract energy, oil, natural gas, from countries like Russia or China or places like that who don't have the same environmental practices, who don't have the same uh, uh, work standards, and so they mistreat their people. They wreck their own environments, but hey, it's not in our backyard, and that makes us look good. That's nimbyism. All right, so we talk about this nimbyism. Okay, we don't want it in our backyard. And I think, you know, through cutting off Russia, we've kind of have taken a bit of a stand to say, hey, we're going to cut them off. Uh, we're not going to let the, we're not going to continue to import from Russia. And so hasn't that kind of started to draw that line a little bit? Yes and no. It's another smoke and mirrors game. You know, the nimbyism was the first. We're not going to drill in our own backyard. We'll, we'll let somebody else drill in their backyard. Then we cut off Russia. But where do we go next? We go to Venezuela, who's starving its people to death, and Iran, who's intent on building nuclear weapons to wipe out Israel and us. So we've gone to purchasing energy from two of the most immoral and oppressive regimes in the world who abuse their people and export terrorism. I suppose, in a way, we should be happy that North Korea doesn't export oil because the administration would probably surely be partnering with them. But Venezuela, as I said, is starving its people, imprisoning uh, dissidents. I mean, people are killing zoo animals and they're killing dogs in the street to get food because they're starving. And then there's Iran. Iran is the largest exporter of terrorism in the world. And they're pursuing a nuclear program. And they openly say they're going to obliterate their enemies. And they include us in that group. And so here we are supporting nations like this. It, it, it's nonsense. And let me give you a word picture to kind of help you see this more clearly. So basically, today's Axis powers are Russia, China, and Iran. And some would say, of course, uh, North Korea. But let's go back into the good old days of World War II. The Axis powers were Germany, Japan, and Italy. So it's like this. We're mad at Germany or Russia. So we're going to go buy oil from the fascists in Italy 
or the imperialist in Japan. So no matter how you slice it, there is no virtue here. We are buying oil from our enemies. We are funding their terrorism and their oppression. And yet we're saying that we're virtuous because we're less dependent on fossil fuel. It's just a game of mirrors. Yeah, so basically you're saying that really we're still buying from the enemy. We're still funding our own enemies. And us buying oil from Venezuela or Iran is essentially the same as us um, trying to buy things from Japan or Italy. Right, during World War II. Yeah, we are funding our enemies. And here's the thing. We do so harming our own people, working families, and even the poorest people in this country. We're hurting them short-term and long-term by making our enemies stronger. That's the long-term. And short-term, through this nutty uh, nimbyism, this virtue signaling, by cutting our oil production, we're taking a bigger chunk out of these people's paycheck. I mean, right now, in some parts of the country, gasoline is $7 a gallon. How would you like to be a landscaper driving a pickup truck trying to eke out a living and having your fuel costs eat up your profits? Or how would you like to be a commuter trying to make it to work in a factory and in your car and gas is so expensive, now you're having trouble buying groceries? It is just, it is just nonsense. And then you look at... Again, the incompetence and the corruption in our own in our own government. We are negotiating an arms deal, you know, this nuclear deal with Iran, and who's helping us negotiate that? I've definitely heard the rumors that uh, Russia is the one helping us negotiate that that treaty. Yeah. So here we are. We're dealing with three of the worst countries in the world. Russia is just engaging in a genocidal war against Ukraine. China is our enemy. Iran is building these nuclear weapons. And Russia, who we're opposing over here, is going to help us negotiate with Iran, our enemy over there. And lately, China is offering to mediate the war in Ukraine. Imagine them putting peacekeeping troops there. It's crazy. Uh, and, you know, what's wrong with this? Well, morally and biblically, let me give you an analogy from 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? President Biden and his administration are linking arms with those who do not believe in freedom, whose common goal is his own country's destruction. And all this in the name of environmentalism. And we're giving them money and they're wrecking the environment, just not in our backyard. And what do democracies have in common with these tyrants? So in terms of God, the gas pump and governments, what Putin has intended for evil, the invasion of the Ukraine, God is, is using for good to expose the hypocrisy and foolishness of our own leader and, and the corruption of their own policy as they link arms with tyrants and harm their own people. And so what we're going to see here is this, the working man, the common everyday person is fed up, and they're not going to put up with it. Uh, in the past, no one paid attention. Yeah, and I guess you know the question is really, um, now that we have the past behind us, you know, are people paying attention now? Do they? Do people really get it? And I'm, I'm concerned that I think there's a lot of people who don't. I think that, uh, unfortunately, and we've talked about this before with the mainstream media and the news. Uh, we are always kind of concerned with what we're told to be concerned about. So for the longest time, it was COVID. And there's memes out now that say, you know, Vladimir Putin deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for curing COVID, when really he didn't do that. But the meme is basically saying that our attention has been pulled away. Our attention has been turned to something else. And uh, I, for me, it's just concerning that 
uh, we, and especially as Christians, don't zoom out and take this larger picture and really look to understand what's going on um, and and see what's going on in the world around us. And we're really just a lot less inf- informed than we used to be. Well, you, you raise a good concern, Mark. Uh, not to open up another can of worms, but if we don't realize it, 90% of all media outlets in this country are owned by one of six conglomerates. So don't expect any kind of real diversity of coverage. There is a narrative. They are in support of the regime in power. But getting back to the sovereignty of God, in all of this, I believe God is using the goings-on at our gas pumps to help drive the common person's understanding of geopolitical politics. Uh, every industry that operates. You can't even charge your Tesla without fossil fuel because you've got to plug into an electrical source. Uh, Every industry involved in shipping or transportation, uh, food production, everybody uses fossil fuel. And what's happening now is, I mean, inflation is at a 40-year high. Gasoline has doubled even before the Ukraine war. And the question is, are people going to wake up? And I believe that the common man, the common person, the person who has heretofore been more influenced by mainstream media is coming to grips with this very harsh reality that they haven't been dealt with in a clear-cut, honest fashion. God is using all these things to work together for good. And looking to the Bible and the Word of God, uh, God warned Israel about forming alliances with all these unrighteous nations, which is what the Biden administration is doing. And I'm not comparing the United States to Israel. Those are two separate countries with two separate destinies. But principally, we are being yoked together, as it were, with unbelievers. Uh, I'm not saying that Joe Biden is a Christian. Obviously, the beliefs he holds would indicate otherwise. I'm not saying the United States is a Christian nation. But we've always stood for democracy and freedom, and now we're linking arms with those who do not believe as we do who believe just the opposite, authoritarian regimes. And so God is communicating this crisis of leadership in the most simple means possible at the gas pump. You know, I'm reminded that Jesus talks about in John 10 where he says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for my sheep. He talks about the hireling who's in it for something other than the well-being of the sheep. That's the government now. And when when stuff starts happening, the government abandons the people the way the hireling abandons the sheep. And you just see this coming right now that there's some larger agenda, and it's not the well-being of our country. And some of this gets back to last week's discussion about people waking up to the folly and discovering the hypocrisy of it all. Right now, our leaders will destroy the environment in somebody else's backyard to give the impression of being virtuous in our backyard, but it's just not so. And our leaders will talk about human rights and allow other countries like Iran and Venezuela to engage in genocidal practices on their own people, even China with the Uyghurs. And all of this is in the name of clean energy. Uh, electric cars, right, require mountains of fossil fuel to charge them and to make their constituent parts, to make their batteries and things like that. And it's a false economic thing. The green economy, a, a typical electric car costs $30,000 more than a regular car. We are decades away from any real technological breakthrough that would make any kind of green revolution sustainable. And so we are harming our people over a lie. And it's becoming readily apparent through the sovereignty and providence of God bringing the the gas pump to bear upon the hearts and minds of the common everyday person. So I guess in a way you're kind of saying that all of these crises that we're facing are not really accidental and that God is working through all of this even as it seems like 
everything is falling apart, God is still working through all of this to bring about good and ultimately to bring about his purpose. I believe that's right. I believe all of these hardships are really uh, symptoms of the mercy of God. I think that God is using all of this to wake up families and parents and heads of households to the malevolent activities of our government and governments in general. I mean, we see it from Canada with their authoritarian actions against the truck drivers to the Crimea, where a totalitarian Russia is on the march through the rest of Ukraine. God is waking up people to all this in our country. He's using it through the gas pump. Uh, God has stripped bare the radicalism of our government, of our leaders. They can, we can see them. He is communicating to us their folly to working people through the simple object lesson of the gas pump and higher prices in general. God makes secrets known, and by way of analogy, we see the sovereignty of God in so many ways, from Daniel's prayer uh, to the way he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream. I mean, listen to this in Daniel 2, 20 to 22. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belongs wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and that light dwells with him. Wisdom belongs to our sovereign God and he imparts it to whomever he will. And he's imparting it to us through the situations and circumstances going on in our economy, which points us back to the geopolitical situations in this world with Russia and China and Iran and Venezuela. He's giving wisdom to those who have understanding. He wants us to see what's going on. He wants us to wake up. And as we talked about last week, most people can connect the dots. When a president says he was prepared for what went on in Ukraine, and yet we see that he wasn't. When the president says that he's got solutions to the energy crisis and we're getting oil and gasoline at the most inflated prices imaginable, we see his incompetence. We see his dishonesty. When a leader sacrifices his people for a vanity policy, be it a hasty and chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan to a tardy response to the invasion of Ukraine, to an inept handling of our fuel crisis, we see that we cannot trust men or governments. We see that God is the solution. So God, the gas pump, and the government shows us the goodness of our God and his orchestrating events to warn us and wave us off from bad practices that will destroy us. Hopefully that drives us toward good sense in the midterms to restrict further harm and ultimately good sense in the 2024 election to replace an anti-Christian regime that's in power today with something else, which certainly can't be any worse. It won't undo the Russian invasion of Ukraine or funding Iran's nuclear program by purchasing oil from them, but it will help. It will perhaps grant us another season of restraint, and, and it may be that God will remove the regime in power here in this country. Uh, Paul writes in Acts 17, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having allotted having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is not actually far from each of us. All of this, these birth pangs, I believe, is causing people to stop and think beyond themselves. They're, they're looking upward, hopefully, and outward, and hopefully they'll find God. Yeah, I love what it says there in verse 27, where just a reminder that God is not actually that far from us he's he's near and his activity in human affairs um whether it be the gas pump governments uh covid all of these things he's he's near and his activity i think is very uh evident and i think as christians we should find 
hope and comfort in that, that God is near, that he does know what's going on. He's not far off. He's not removed. And really, for the non-Christians, I guess, you know, th- hopefully they will be able to see that he is calling and and they will listen to that and they'll respond accordingly. That's our hope. That's the big question. Everyone was hoping in man that this president would be less polarizing, less unstable, more normal than the previous one. That's what the narrative was anyway. And what we're seeing is he's just as grumpy. He's just as divisive. And while his predecessor's policies worked, his don't. He's obviously in the early stages of some kind of cognitive decline. Uh, God has certainly made us aware of these things. That's his providence. The question is, how will we respond? Which brings us to, Mark, a shameless plug for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about pronouns in the workplace. In the meantime, that's it for today. If you'd like further resources, visit us online at www.gracetoliveradio.org and click the podcast resource button. If you'd like to ask me a question, email at keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, go to www.hillside.org and watch our worship service online if you'd like, or better yet, worship with us in person at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 o'clock on Sundays. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.